And if you call yourself a Christian tonight, then you're going to say, I am mirrored in the New Testament Scriptures. In that book, it speaks of me, a believer, a follower of Jesus, the Son of God, and my life has been changed by his power. Now, in the notes, you'll see that there are a number of questions about these early Christians. How did they meet? Well, they didn't have church buildings. They didn't have citadels or chapels or cathedrals. They mainly met in homes. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and today we're continuing with our appreciation of John the Apostle, the man who was no Mr. Softy. He was the great and earnest contender for the faith in the second half of the, the New Testament first century era. And so I hope that you will join us right through the program. At the end, we'll have a little segment on Be a Watchman here in Canada to warn and to woo sinners to Calvary. And then the last reason we come why Christians were persecuted, because of false doctrines. There were, as the Lord Jesus predicted and as Paul the Apostle predicted, those who would come up as wolves in sheep's clothing. They were deceivers, and they would deny the Lord Jesus. They would deny the gospel, and there were theological controversies, and Christians needed discernment. They needed wisdom, and they needed courage that they might stand against the false. And that's why 1 John chapter 1 which we will get to tomorrow morning, Lord willing, is really all about the true nature of the Lord Jesus. First John chapter 1, verse 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, of the word of life, for the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. John and the apostles with him were witnesses of the bodily incarnation. They were witnesses to the voice of the Savior, the body of the Savior, and that he is eternal life. Now let me sketch for you the life of the Apostle John. A lot is known about the life of the Apostle Paul. In my library I have a number of books. Paul the Traveler, Paul the Church Planter, Paul the Theologian. But when it comes to the Apostle John, not so easy to learn more about this man. He is looked upon as the, the quiet one, the apostle of love. 
Well, let me shock you. John was the strongest of the apostles. He was probably in his mid-twenties when he and his brother James were called to leave their father Zebedee, the fishing business, the boats and the nets, and the Lord Jesus promised that he would make them to be fishers of men. And did he ever. What we have to learn about John tonight will thrill our souls. A man who was transformed from a fisherman of on the on the on the on the lake in a boat to a man on a pulpit on a horse with a, a zeal for the glory of Christ. That's John. John, the fisher of souls. Now John was still under thirty years old when Christ died on the cross. And he's the only disciple that remained at the cross when the Lord Jesus gave up his life. The others had scattered. It's believed that he lived in the area of Jerusalem until about A.D. 58. You remember how the Lord had assigned his mother, Mary, to John's keeping. And John had the responsibility of caring for Mary. And it is believed that they lived in Jerusalem until the time of her death. Now, there is a tradition that Mary lived at Ephesus. There is a house that the Roman Catholic tourist industry uses for pilgrimages where people can go to Ephesus and see a, an ancient plot and say this was Mary's house. But that tradition originated in the mind of a German nun who claimed to have a vision of Mary living in this particular house in Ephesus in Asia Minor. There really is no foundation for that. And John would have lived in Jerusalem area until A.D. 58, until after Mary's death. But we know that he was not in Ephesus in A.D. 62 when Paul was there. And he was not in Jerusalem when A.D. 71, when Jerusalem was destroyed by the Roman army. And so somewhere in that period, that window of time, A.D. 62, A.D. 70, John made Ephesus his home. And for the next 30 years or so, Ephesus became the basis of his ministry. Now, as you know, in A.D. 70, the whole basis of Judaism was torn down. The Ark of the Covenant was taken. The persecution of the Jews, they were scattered. And that whole institution was, was literally erased. And Christians felt the aftershocks of the destruction of Jerusalem. John was the apostle alive and rallying the Christians and ministering to their souls and gathering in people for the cause of the Lord Jesus. And John led the Christian church through that perilous time, and they had been warned by Christ to flee out of the city, and in obedience they did so. Now, John was persecuted 
by the Emperor Domitian, and as we said, was exiled to the Isle of Patmos somewhere in the year of 95 AD. So you can see that for 30 years, the mid-60s to the mid-90s of the first century, John was the active apostle, the man who was standing up for the Lord Jesus. And I have cited uh, Patrick Fairburn and his dictionary a number of times in this message, and he said, the great center of authority and spiritual light in Asia Minor, and especially the opponent of those floating notions and fancies, which ultimately ripened into the Gnostic heresies. John was the man who fought the battle and stood for Christ through those decades. John suffered persecution from the Emperor Domitian and exiled to that island. And somewhere around that time, John most likely wrote the fourth gospel, the gospel of John. And John died a natural death during the reign of Trajan, somewhere close to 100 A.D. He is known as the apostle of love, his love for Christ. And as you read John's gospel, and as you read the letters, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, you will see that friendship, that communion, that closeness with the Savior flowing from the pen of John. He truly was the one who lived, I would say, in the most likeness, the highest degree of likeness to the Lord Jesus. And he becomes a tremendous model for every one of us. John is the apostle of love. And that really is the whole burden of tonight's message and of this camp. And if I might just digress here, the curse of 21st century Christianity is lovelessness, the lack of Christian love. There is not one of us here tonight, and I include myself, who love the Lord Jesus. And there is not one of us that love our fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord's church as we should. We are all guilty of finding fault. We are all guilty of causing division rather than seeking or in the love of the Lord Jesus in our ministries and in our world. And so we need this remedy. We need this medicine in the church today. The Jurong Bible Presbyterian Church is to be effective in Singapore and effective in your missionary branches. You need to study John, the example, the apostle of love. Now that love burning in his heart made him a very driven man. The love of God in his heart made him a lover of truth. And you will discover in this book of 1 John that John was either black or white. He was either truth or a lie. He was either light or darkness. And Christians need that same driven consciousness 
about truth and about error, having that great love for righteousness and for truth, there is the story that when John was in the city of Ephesus, he attended the, the bathhouse. Now, I know in the Western world anyway, bathhouse has a very bad connotation. But in those times, it was the public place of washing. And it was frequented by the majority of people. It was not necessarily in itself wrong. But while John was there, there came in, and this account is by Irenaeus and Polycarp, uh, about a wicked man called Corinthus, who was a contemporary of John. And Corinthus was so corrupt in his heresies that John would not be seen near him. John the Apostle, when he saw Corinthus coming in to the bathhouse, he rushed out without bathing when he found out that Corinthus was inside. And here's what he said. Let us fly, lest the bathhouse fall down, because Corinthus, the enemy of the truth, is inside. Now in 1 John, you will find this emphasis of defending the truth and standing up against those who are liars. The love of God in his heart also made him a lover of the brethren. You can't read the book of 1 John and not have it forced upon you that the genius, the essence of Christianity is what exactly the Lord Jesus said. By your love shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Now the Lord Jesus pronounced that. John lived it. John practiced it. John pleaded that attitude and that grace in the hearts of every child of God. There is a tremendous story that exemplifies this love that was in John's heart for his fellow brother. John met a young man. He was living a sinful life. He ministered to him and took a great interest in him. And then he put him into the care of a local pastor. That pastor continued to minister to him, pour his life into him, teach him, guide him, until he was ready for baptism in the church. And he was baptized. He was brought into the church. But then when he was a baptized member, the guardianship was relaxed. And he was given freedom. Well, due to that, he fell away. And he became a most wicked young man. He became uh, the head of a band of robbers. And they were up in the mountains terrorizing the community. When John the Apostle returned to that church, he asked the pastor about the young man. And the pastor said, he's dead. He's dead to God. He has fallen away. He has become a robber and a thief. And John protested. And he said, what? What kind of pastoral oversight have I committed him to? How did you let this happen to this young man? And then he ordered for a horse and a guide. And he saddled the horse and he rode into the mountains. And he 
went into the very area of the hideout. There he asked the sentinels to take him to their leader, very young man. John got near. The young man was so ashamed of himself. John said, what? You are fearful of an old man like me? John went after him, drew him back, preached repentance and forgiveness, and saw him restored to the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be a fisher of men. That is what a pastoral, caring ministry looks like. I want you to also hear the story, and again, it's in the same source, Patrick Fairbairn's Dictionary, Standard, the Imperial Bible Dictionary, classic of Christian literature. And it says that when John reached old age, he couldn't walk anymore. And so young men would carry him to the meetings. And as he would enter into the vicinity of the church and he would come upon or overtake other Christians, he would continually say, little children love one another. Little children love one another. When he was asked, why, did you, why do you keep repeating the same instruction. And he said, because this is the commandment of the Lord, and when this is done, all is done. It is the answer to the life of the church. It's the answer to the health of the active Christian. It's the answer to the one that is burdened. It is the answer to the one who senses their failure, their shame. I know that I will be loved, not shunned, not driven away. But I will be cared for by the people of God. We need this love burning within our hearts. And I want you to think of the man who wrote the book, First John. And how did he begin? Well, certainly in chapter 2, verse 1, he said, My little children. And when you get to the end of the book, he repeats it again. My little children, these things have I written unto you, and so on. There's the love of a caring pastor. How needful in the Lord's church today. Our Church problems are greatly solved when our hearts are like the heart of John. You know, and I know you know, John 3.16. But do you know 1 John 3.16? Let's read it together. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. When I come to preach this, chapter 3, which will be Wednesday, Thursday morning, I will throw out this challenge. Nobody has loved their brother too much. The Lord said to husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. He also says that we're to be willing to lay down our lives sacrifice, endure, 
serve, be spent, because we love those that are born of God and those that need to be born of God. I've come to the conviction that when John talks about the brethren, he can widen the scope of that beyond the church to those who need the gospel. That's the ministry the Lord has given to us. Tonight I have painted with a very big brush on a very big canvas. There's a lot more that could be said in some of these things. But I want you to know what it was like to be a first century Christian and what it was like for John to write this book calling them to love one another. May the Lord's voice be behind those words to your heart tonight. And I think the first prayer that we should offer is to ask God to forgive us for not loving God's people as we should. Maybe not loving the Lord himself as we should, and then God's people as we should. Please join with me in prayer right now and let us cry to God that he will hear our cry for help. O God, our Father, we come tonight through the, the Lord Jesus we plead mercy in these days when we confess the hardness of our hearts and the clinical attitudes that we may develop even amongst our friends, our family, and the people of God. Oh, Lord, I pray tonight that you will melt our hearts. Give me the heart of the Apostle John. Give me the heart to run after souls those that are estranging themselves to grace and to God, those who may have hurt us, and yet they need the love of Christ displayed to them. We pray for those in our family circles, and we know that it will take the deep, deep love of Jesus burning in us to see them one and to see them brought to the Savior. You have been listening to Let the Bible Speak, and this is Pastor Ian Golliher. And once more, I want to call you all Canadians back to the Bible, back from the paths of sin. God told Ezekiel that he was to be a watchman over Israel and Judah. He was called to expose their sins and warn them of God's judgment looming for their idolatry and open sinfulness. The people of Israel were flagrant, unapologetic sinners, just like Canadians. Walk down the city streets, go to the places of entertainment, and what a shame is upon this nation. The way that the people in our cities and even our small towns are living requires warning. God told Ezekiel that he was sent to a people of stubborn heart, and he was to preach God's warnings, whether they would listen or not. And if Ezekiel was faithful, then the crime was the people's. But if Ezekiel was silent about the sin in Israel, and kept his mouth shut about people offending a holy God, then the blood of those people would be required at the hand of this prophet. God's prophet bore a great weight of responsibility. He was not responsible for the people's hardness in their response, but he was responsible 
to faithfully declare the message as thus saith the Lord. Turn ye, turn ye, O people, for why should you die? Every gospel preacher sent by God is called to blast the alarm of danger to souls. They are headed uh, on the broad path to destruction and to suffer God's wrath for eternity. That people include all who have been born into sin and have followed their own sinful natures to walk in open rebellion to God and His Word. Woe unto that people that have thrown out the Bible, seeking license to sin all the more. Woe to Canadians who have thumbed their nose at truth and righteousness to walk in darkness, to sin all the more against God. Paul the Apostle said, Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. What should men do uh, that they might be persuaded? First, see that God is holy. He says to all men, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Then see that God commands all men to repent of their sin. That requires a 180-degree about turn. You must hit the brakes on the road to hell due to your sins and do a U-turn to take the narrow path that leads to heaven. Next, take the way of the cross of Calvary. Jesus died for sinners on that cross. The cross was God's plan to reconcile even you to himself. By punishing his own son, the perfect man, in your place, all of God's wrath has fallen on the Lord Jesus, the wrath that was due to you. Ezekiel became a faithful prophet. In chapter 31 of that prophecy, he delivered God's warning faithfully. God said, Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus ye speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how shall we then live? Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? God hates sin, but he loves to save sinners. God will not change his holiness, but he has provided a way to satisfy his holiness and his justice through the death of his Son on behalf of his people as their substitute. This is the gospel. Jesus says to us today, Go and sin no more. Go to the cross and you are pardoned. Go to your heavenly Father, even as a prodigal, and you will be received. But only if you repent, and only if you will trust in God's Son for salvation. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca 
CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music.